Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Ghost Spider Groupies, the podcast dedicated to Gwen Stacy of Earth-65, also known as Spider-Gwen and Ghost Spider, where we review her comics, discuss news, and give our opinions about all things Gwen 65. I'm Abigail. And I'm Pax. So this week, Gwen Update, we have a few new things to announce. In fact, we have three different comics coming up at the moment, which are going to have Gwen in them. Uh, we've been following some uh, Twitter folks, some cool people who uh, do art and stuff for Marvel. And we've noticed that uh, one Nathan Stockman has been drawing uh, several panels on their Twitter page featuring our girl Gwen65. Uh, and previously, they've worked on some... Uh, Marvel Infinity comics. So we're actually expecting that maybe we're going to see a Spider-Gwen Infinity comic, uh, which is the mobile-oriented like scrolling comics that we get for Marvel Unlimited's app. Um, so that looks quite promising. Yeah, I, I was pretty happy when I saw those uh, panels from Nathan Stockman because I know that he's doing the uh, Miles arcs for uh, Spider-Verse Unlimited. He did two of those Miles arcs. And well, the upcoming arc that they're doing right now, it's kind of a, a Peter Parker focused arc, three issues, and then they're doing a Mayday one after that. So it's possible we probably won't see Gwen's story until Mayday story is finished. Yeah, um, and it's um, yeah, it's quite nice because that's giving like good spotlight to characters that don't want to get it like Mayday is. Like, that's a big one that we hear a lot of when you have also have discussions of Spidey Gwen. You have people saying, "Well, what about Mayday?" Um, so it's nice that Mayday's got that. And it seems like the Infinity Comics, some people are questioning whether or not it's canon. But I'd like to say that it probably is because it mentions some of the stuff in the uh, mainstream print books. Oh, right. Because, for example, um, in Miles' arcs, uh, he's going on college tours and he's still wearing his uh, you know, 30th anniversary outfit. Yes, uh, this is this is the like techwear looking one with the with the mask and the like the hood. And his most recent arc has him teaming up with Kamala, and you know Kamala mentioned her Oscorp internship, which is going on right now in the Zeb Wells ASM. And currently in the uh, Peter Parker arc, he's wearing his Oscorp suit. Yeah, so it's um yeah, like it's a concurrent. Or at least trying to reference it. it wants to be part of the main continuity no i would think it's concurrent and canon so yeah it's sort of similar to how like i guess what we're reading today is like dan slot spider-man's yeah i guess it's because maybe it takes place bef either before dan slot spider-man or maybe just before his cody ziglar ongoing yeah that makes sense so it's uh yeah no it's exciting stuff uh we've also got uh it's a graphic like one of these graphic novels that's aimed at like young kids that like, like tries to get into school libraries uh it's from golden books um and it's a uh ghost spider story which uh is being featured there um it's only like a 24 page thing at least this gives the opportunity for preschoolers who um like well other than the ones who are watching Spidey and his amazing friends because that's their first access to Spidey at a young age. This is such a good opportunity to introduce the young readers to Ghost Spider. Yes, like, and we would say young readers were like talking like two to five. That's the age demographic we got on that. Yeah. So um, yeah, like it's like a, a string of things come out uh, this month, but the main one really. Uh, is a new miniseries dropping next year in March. 
Spider-Gwen Shadow Clones with a creative team, uh, Emily Kim writing, uh, Kay Zama uh, on art. It's hitched similarly to what Gwenverse was. This time it's it's got obviously a different writer and artist, but it still has David Nakayama on covers. Hold on, I'm just going to do the air horn. Yes. <laughs> And uh, Peach Momoko did the uh, concept designs because obviously she was quite involved with the uh, creative process for the for the last one as well. Um, so it seems that like yeah, we're getting what seems to be like a sequel to Gwenverse. Uh, the best way I can describe it is it's essentially it's the same concept. Gwen bumps into a bunch of other Gwens, not necessarily in the multiverse, but like shadow clones. They're evil. Yes, these ones are evil. These aren't like good Gwens who are like Avengers. These are evil Gwens who are like spy. Spider-Man rogues gallery, like Sinister Six types. Yeah, so far they've teased Doc Ock, Sandman, and Vulture as these uh, Gwen clones. So I'm thinking, uh, are they going to do the original Sinister Six, but as Gwen clones? Because the other half that's missing are Electro, Craven, and uh mysterio yes uh so yeah well, we're, we're gonna get a look at some new stuff what i will say is this this still isn't like a proper gwen ongoing series which i think i think we'll always want like i will ever not want that um as a podcast <laughs> maybe after shadow clones but maybe after Shadow Clones. The other thing I was thinking is this doesn't necessarily have to be like what Gwenverse was. Like this could happen on Earth 65. Um, like there's nothing to stop it from doing that with this concept. Because it's either these clones are created by magic just because of its title Shadow Clones. Or someone just got their hands on Gwen's DNA. We don't know. Yeah, I hope it's not a clone saga. Like, I don't hope it's like like I hope I hope it's not like a like I hope it's not the jackal, right? I hope it's like a like a magic thing has happened. But I think it seems like this is a rite of passage for spiders to go through a clone saga. Well, first a body swap, and then a clone saga. I just I a lot of clone sagas are already oriented around Gwen, uh, and they're usually not very kind to her. I, I really think she should be given a break, at least this Gwen. Uh, so yeah, I hope it, I hope it's like I, I don't get the impression it is a clone saga. I, I get the impression it's more like Gwenverse, where like something has happened, uh, and a bunch of her has been created through some sort of like scientific phenomena or like mystical phenomena rather than like uh, a, a person growing humans in a lab somewhere I, I, I didn't get that sort of like latter impression to the same amount i just hope that this isn't something similar to water clone mj in the 94 spider-man series would you like to elaborate on that reference for those of us not familiar with it so this is going to be a bit of a long one. So uh, the show kind of adapted the night Gwen Stacy died, but this time uh, it was Goblin who dropped MJ, not Gwen, because uh, Gwen was never involved in the animated series. So anyway, yeah, MJ was dropped into an interdimensional portal after falling from the bridge. And then Pete thought for her to be dead until next season where she inexplicably just turns up and then uh, they decide to get married and uh, sometime after they find out that MJ was actually a water clone that was created by uh, Miles Warren who was commissioned by Hydro Man because some of Hydro Man's DNA got into water clone MJ. Well there we go. Let's hope it's not like that then. That's what we're saying. 
So what, like these new clones that they were just spliced from Gwen, like it was Gwen's DNA contaminated by these villains' DNA. Let, yeah, let's hope it's not like that. Yeah, I don't know yeah. where we're landing on that one. Um, but, let's hope it's good. Let's hope yeah. it's, let's, that's what we're hoping for. I don't know if it's going to be exactly like that, but yeah. Um, no, I just want to I mean, say, like, one of the uh, villain Gwens here is a Doctor Octopus Gwen, and I just want to say that even though it was fan art, I technically came up with Doctor Octa Gwen last year, so I want my twelve percent credit. Yes, we did. Yeah, we did. We did mention Doctor Octa Gwen. Um, yeah, if, uh, if anybody who, uh, would like to read more of Emily Kim's work to get an idea of what the story is going to look like, um, their work has been featured, uh, mainly as Silk. There was a Silk miniseries quite recently, uh, And she's recently writing Tiger Division. Yes, I saw that as well. Um, so yeah, this, uh, this will be interesting. We've got a newish writer, we've got a newish artist on, um, so, uh, yeah, no, I, I do feel a little bit sad that Tim Seeley almost like he didn't get to do his sequel that he spoke to us about in the interview. Like this was, this really is. Yeah, they should have reunited Tim and Jody too, because this is advertised as a sequel. So why not get the OG team back? Yeah, it's a good question. I guess we'll find out. It, it, maybe it was a scheduling thing. But yeah, we're going to get a sequel to Gwenverse, basically, that's what's happening. It just hit me that... um. Uh, Shadow Clones is going to be released a year since Gwenverse first launched. Yeah, honestly, I think that like a mini series a year is fine. Like a mini series a year, uh, a, a Spider Verse crossover once a year, like we can work with that as a podcast. I think that's fine. Uh, again, ongoing is the dream, but like mm. I'm, I'm relieved they haven't forgotten about Gwen and that clearly Gwenverse sold well enough for this to be worth doing. So now I'm trying to call it, if there's going to be a sequel to Shadow Clones, almost sort of like a trilogy thing, uh, what is she getting turned into that time? I don't know. Spider-Man's love interest. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. Um, what if Gwen Stacy was Gwen Stacy? Um, so, uh, yeah, let's, uh, so yeah, well, well, that's our news. Pretty action-packed for this episode. Uh, but let's get into it for today. We are reading... The current Dan Slot ongoing series, Spider Man. The year is 2022, um, and Dan Slot is writing Spider Man again. Uh, Gwen 65 is appearing in the series, and that's why we're following it. Um, and uh, it's written, like I said, by Dan Slot, with art by Mark Bagley, inks by John Dell, colors by Edgar Delgado. Uh, last episode, we read Spider Man number one. So this, this is what we've been focused on. Um, so yeah, it's. Uh, this is a series. There are decisions being made here. Uh, we have thoughts, um, and and we're going to get into them today. Uh, but first, we have a synopsis. So we've synopsized this issue. We recommend reading it um, first and listening to the reading and listening to the last episode as well, um, of course. But we like to have a synopsis just to make sure we're all on the same page. Uh, so we're going to get into that now. Yeah. Yep. All righty. Um, so. Uh, Peter of Earth, and this is what the wiki has designated this Earth, by the way. This is not like like an official one from Marvel yet. Uh, TRN971 checks in at his job for the Worldwide Engineering Brigade, where he finds that the Shathrified versions of Spider-Man 2099, Spider-India, and Spider-Ham have trashed the place. They demand that he join them. 
Back on Earth 616, it is still moments after the death of Jessica Drew. Moreland, Miles Morales, Cindy Moon, and Peter Parker continue to stand off against the shatterfied Spider Noir, Mayday Parker, Spider Punk, and Ghost Spider. Using her enhanced spider sense, Cindy confirms that these are their same friends and not just different versions. Shatter's side pounce, and Morlin takes a more aggressive approach than his unlikely spider allies, forcing Cindy to kick him in the backside to make sure that he doesn't kill their lost friends. Anya Corazon, now sticking with the name Aranya, enters the fray, casting spells to defend her allies, as well as the new spider UK, Zarina Zahari. They extract the beleaguered 616 spider team back to their safe dimension, Earth 616 Beta, much to the anger of Shatra, who watches on from the Great Hive. There they are introduced to the new spider recruits, Hunter Spider, Spinstress, Web Weaver, Sun Spider, and Night Spider. Also present is Madam Web, who explains that the spiders from 616 apparently have immunity to Shatra's sting, and that she believes that Peter is the chosen one, given he is the first spider from Earth 616, which she calls the Primal Strand. Morlin explains to the group that he seeks revenge against the Hive for killing his family, the infantilized inheritors, after they turned Spider-Man, their caretaker, into one of them. He attempted to fight Shatra, but was beaten and rescued by Madame Webb and the team. Allied, he believes they can take on Shatra, but Pete insists they should still try to search for more spiders, frustrating Morlin, who believes they found all they can. While they argue, Miles' sting from the fighting back on 616 finally overtakes him, and he starts to turn all waspy, giving Shatra sight into their safe zone and a way in. I feel like every episode that we're doing is going to end with the duh, 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 with the way Dan Slot's currently writing this series. It seems like he s- seems to end everything with a bit of a shock. Yeah, the shock is the writing. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> um, sorry. Um, no, it's it's um, it's it's uh, choices are being made. So I I like the depth of what has occurred is sort of brought home in this issue, which is that all but about six spiders are not just Shathra puppets, um, and most of them are new additions. Um, so actually, as Spider Verse events go, this is quite limited in the amount of spiders that they can use normally which is a shame i think um yeah everybody's a wasp now but i realized that the uh the team that madam webb wrangled up here i think that's only um like half of them because there were some that were introduced in the edge issues that weren't brought in here so maybe i'm thinking like what we're shown here that's just the a team and then everyone else's b team yeah, maybe, but honestly, I, I do think everybody comes together in this issue. I don't think there's anybody else, is there? No, because uh, introduced, there was still Spider-Rex, uh, Spider-Laird, um, Spider-Mobile, Sakura Spider, and Silly Spider. That's all I can think of right now. Yeah, I, I hope that this isn't it. I, I mean, my problem is, they are doing the same thing they did with Kindred, right? Where when he takes over, he is basically just puppeting them. He just talks to them, he can see through them. And they're not really there, you know? Like, you don't get to see an evil version of these characters. You just see Shathra talking through them. Uh, And I think that's a shame, really, because even within the sort of rather potentially bad situation of them being turned into uh, villains, you don't get to see them as a villain, really. You see them as a puppet, which, which just isn't 
fun. Like if you like Spider Punk or if you like Spider Man 2099 or Spider Ham or Spider Gwen or any of these characters, right? You don't get to see them used in an interesting way. You just sort of get to see them be on panel, but not really be there. And I think it's worse if you're a Jessica Drew fan. I, I don't know how they're taking this over on the Spider Woman podcast, but I cannot imagine that they are impressed by the decisions made in this book. I listened to a little bit. Yeah, Saren is pissed. Right? Like, this is weird. It's like Dan Slott really likes Peter Parker, right? You can see they want him to be the chosen one. Uh, but the way they are, like, doing that is by making everybody else completely miserable. Like, even Miles is now shathrified at the end of this. I don't know if he's going to be able to fight it or not. But, like, unless you really, really like Peter Parker, then you're, you're going to struggle a bit uh, with, with this series. It's, it's, uh, it, it's shocking, really, just, just how one note everybody who isn't him is. Cindy is written with a little bit more depth. I will say that. Cindy has a bit more to do. I think that's because Dan Slott created Cindy, so it's a bit of favoritism. Yeah, Cindy's Cindy's an OC. Morlin is interesting. The whole, all the stuff with Morlin, very interesting in this book. I think the idea of Morlin having eaten so many spiders that he is now a spider himself is is a is a uniquely compelling idea. He basically did what Karn did. Remember, Karn ate so many spider totems that he became a spider himself. That's why he was able to become Master Weaver. Yeah, like I think I think that's really interesting that now Morlin is the hunted. Uh, that's a really fun story idea, and I, and I think the way that he's being written here, like him discovering that the other inheritors have all uh, also the inheritors all being killed off, honestly, and just Morlin being the last one left, I'm fine with that. I can I can totally live with that. That is a okay. Because yeah, when Morlin was like familyless, like he was more interesting, and then when he has this family that was introduced that he never talks about. Yeah, he's he took a really big step back when they decided to do that. And I think that like this sort of situation where it is just him is better. Um and, and yeah, no, he's really interesting is sort of his being being his own sort of like, I guess, free agent again. He can do things like flip flop onto different sides and, and yeah, no, I'm I, I was I was really interested, like his whole little like side story. He goes off the gag where he's holding the arm of a spider he's killed. All of that I thought was really fun um yeah no i i yeah i i I, yeah he's he's interested in this like dan slot can write men like he can do that it's it's the women he where he really starts to struggle i think yeah i think um if he had um a woman co-writer or someone who understands women like if he had christmas gage to help him out here yes i i honestly yeah yeah i i don't like dan slot is 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 struggling a bit i think with this it's just there's a lot going on and um it's very oriented on peter being the chosen one and i really hope that it's going to subvert expectations and be like actually there is no chosen one and chosen one narratives are a little bit simplistic and they can result in like dire consequences because like the insistence on pete being a chosen one here is not compelling at all like the idea that 616 is the primal strand like it's a special strand like it's not like it doesn't like these characters don't have to be chosen by fate to be interesting like they are they are interesting because they are just like ordinary people in many ways they don't need to like this is the ceo problem this is why when peter parker was a ceo it really didn't work um because you took what was an everyman particularly a working class everyman character and you made made them a ceo so like um that was all down the slot right uh yeah. so yeah it doesn't 
doesn't really land super well by having him be the chosen one now. I think he's only worshipped just because he's the only spider to defeat both Morlin and Shatra on his own. Yeah, and I think that, like, if they stuck with that line, I, I would be more, I don't know, like, sympathetic to it. And even Pete himself, like, when he sidebarred with Miles and Cindy, he doesn't believe in all of this uh, Chosen One crap. And then Miles agrees, you know, saying that uh, his life is practically a piece of shit right now. Yeah, but like, I feel like that's just set, like, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's not going to be the Chosen One. Like, I still feel like they're setting him up for that at this moment, unless they surprise us with something else. That I think that is the direction of things right now. I think it's just because... um. Like, because 616, it could be, it's considered, like, a, the main reality, and then all of these other universes just branched from that reality, so that's probably why they worship Peter, just because he's the center. Yeah, that's the framing I don't like. Like, the idea that 616 is an extra special reality, it's just the reality that they write comics about. Like, there's nothing necessarily more special about it. Like, it doesn't have to be chosen by fate to be interesting. It's interesting because we just have a lot about it. And and I think, like, I just, I, I think this fixation on fate is just deeply uninteresting in Spider-Verse comics. Um the best Spider-Verse stories really, really work when they provide interesting ways to reflect on how people other than the traditional conception of Peter Parker can also be a spider hero. And uh, that's what makes it interesting. That's what makes the Into the Spider-Verse animated film so successful because it focuses and fleshes out Miles Morales' story and shows how anyone can wear the mask. Now. The insistence that Peter Parker is the extra special person to wear the mask and is the chosen one, and 616, his homeworld, is the extra special world where extra special characters come from, and actually not everybody can wear the mask as equally as others, um, sort of undermines that. And the it, it's it's like a very, like I guess, much more conservative version of of that initial message and it's really undermining this series it's like what what could be like conceptually i think there's a lot interesting to do here like, I, I, the idea of having um shathra be the villain is interesting and and um the worlds they're using are all interesting and and, and like you know even people being hijacked by the wasps does, isn't necessarily a bad idea but it's all being executed in this extremely peter-centric narrative not everybody can wear the mask in dan slot spider-verse and i think that's the problem here well remember this was from gwen herself uh when peter parker gets involved things tend to become all about him yeah this is the problem and we say it just about like every single time we cover one of these crossovers like I've, I've, we, we've had this conversation every single time we have covered a dan slot comic because it, it, it's just ridiculous really after a certain point and uh you know realistically how many more times is dan slot going to do it before he hopefully has a bit more self-reflection about it and you know like i just um yeah no it's a shame it's a shame yeah i think uh we should uh instead of uh like further bashing in the hopes that we don't get you know ousted <laughs> let's probably try to move on to a more positive light <laughs> Yeah, um, I liked uh, the the. There's this interesting angle with like the spiders that can't be turned have to be killed, um, and they have like that special dagger. There's the implication that it's been used multiple times before, 
essentially, which I think was quite sinister. Um, mm. I, th- I thought it was quite interesting. Uh, yeah. Was that essentially what happened to Jessica Drew could have happened to others before, and it was quite somber as a realization. Yeah, I guess the knife really was used before because uh, you know how a side effect of the dagger is that the other spiders can't remember uh, who was killed by it. Yes. Yeah, that was awful. Yeah, and then, you know, they're slowly starting to forget who Jess is. Like, they know her name, but they still can't put put her finger on it. Yes. But I'm just wondering if that's going to affect just the spiders, or if uh, Jess being erased uh, affects the Avengers, too. I think it will. Yeah, I think it, I think it affects everybody. And, and I think that's, like, what the really, like, upsetting part of it is, is how that works. Um... That I, I really hope they haven't just left it there. I do think they're going to return to Jessica at some point later in this series here. I cannot imagine them leaving it there. I, I think that would be a, a, a misfire uh, on a huge scale if that was the length and the breadth of Jessica Drew in this series. No one stays dead in comics unless if you're Uncle Ben, but I, I'm starting to call it that maybe if you uh, shatter the dagger, uh, all of the killed spiders are restored to life. Yeah, I, I, I hope that there's some way of doing that, because that would be pretty neat. Um, that would be a nice sort of vindication there. Or maybe their soul is trapped somewhere. Yeah. Um, like, the the death being, like, kind of mystical in a way just kind of would lend itself to something like that happening. Because in all of the uh, shows that I watch that involve soul stealing, you know, that process is always reversible. Yeah. Yeah, it's got a kind of like intangible nature, like there's no body and all of that, you know. Yeah, but uh, anyway, like yeah, one of Shatter's victims here, our girl Gwen. Yeah, we kept saying how um, like this is practically like Kindred all over again, where uh, she's just like not in control of her actions. Well, probably like this time she's kind of conscious of what she's doing, but she, you know, she's got Shatter in her head. Yes. So that kind of completely diminishes my hopes that uh, she's the inside woman. Yeah, no, I, I mean, that would have been a neat idea, but I, I don't think that's happening here. It might happen for Miles um, if he gets turned. It's because since he's not originally from 616, that's why he was susceptible. Although, uh, even though the covers they, like lie, uh, he's still with the rest of the spider army on the, the cover for Spider-Man number four. Yeah, I wouldn't trust those. Yeah, so it's um yeah, we have um we have an interesting few issues coming up. I th- I I'm I'm really interested to see how it resolves because I think Dan Slot's ruled out a lot of like Deus Ex Machina's coming in and saving the yeah. day this time around. Well well next issue is supposed to be about the heist that Anya recruited Felicia for. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to that. Like I think a heist issue would, would break up the series quite nicely in between like things happening. But the curiosity is, um, what is Felicia supposed to steal? Um, maybe the dagger or some like similar kind of weapon. Probably because you know Anya called the whole event a completely hopeless case. Has it already happened, or is it about to happen? No, the heist is uh, about to happen. I think okay. uh, they're starting to plan. You know, what's their next step after uh, Shatra has uh, bugged Miles? Right, I see. I would be interested to see if, like, this means that Shathra can now immediately attack their safe dimension, or if she can only just see. I think she can only just see and hear what Miles sees and hears, because since Earth-616 Beta, the new safe zone, is not part of the Web of Life and Destiny, 
remember that uh, she and Annie Mae, her nestling, they couldn't find the coordinates. Yeah, they couldn't. But now that they like physically have somebody there, would that change it? Or am I just being pessimistic? We don't know yet because uh, uh, as of this issue, Miles only just serves as Shopdra's unwilling eyes and ears. Right, yeah. But uh, earlier with uh, Moreland, you know, you got to feel pretty bad for the guy because, you know, his siblings were eaten by Spider-Man. I would expect this kind of move uh, from Zeb Wells eating the babies. Zeb Wells, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. Don't hold it against me. Uh, what with with the with Shed? Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, uh, it was pretty. It's a pretty grim thing to do. Yeah, because, you know, because Aunt May eating the babies yeah yeah that yeah that's all sorts of messed up and then when everyone uh gives him their, their condolences and but he's still telling the story he's like you know yes very sad anyway anyway it's it's like yeah no it's it's um i will say they they were they did have a spider-man comic i think in the edge of spider-geddon uh anthology series oh no it was during jed mckay's spider-verse but that issue was written by ryan north Oh right, yes, that they end that issue where with um like the implication that she would become like a carnage version of herself. Yeah, she says that she was still taking care of the inheritors. She just went out with her family to buy yarn, uh, to make the, like boots for them. Yeah, and uh, it seemed like they would they were leaving something off there, but this sort of I guess this overwrites that because uh, she's not carnageified anywhere there. No, it kind of seems like that Shotra got to her, and then when she succumbed to her will, uh, she decided to uh, uh, give Morlin a low blow by eating the babies. Yeah. That said, there's no body, so uh, they could have survived somehow, I guess. Well, you could see the shocked look on Morlin's face, and then... Because Marvel has these standards and practices where you can't show something visceral. Unless it's Shed. Probably. I didn't read Shed. I just know about what happened there. Well, I mean, the covers were pretty grim. Yeah. And also because the most visceral thing that they've ever done was, you know, Sentry and Ares being ripped in half. Yeah, those those were big ones. So, yeah, no, I, I think uh, there's a lot of, yeah, I, I guess they, they chose not to show. And obviously there are normal, like, just sort of making it less grim reasons. Um, but it, it is possible that, like, they could have survived somehow because all we have is Spider-Man's word to go off. And she's not exactly a trustworthy narrator either. Those inherited kids could have survived somehow. Well, Moreland's the one telling the story. Well... Morland's passing on secondhand information, right, from Spider-Man. Yeah. So uh, the the it is possible that the inheritors could have survived somehow. Like, I don't. I wouldn't be surprised if they did come back eventually. Anyway, even though we all sort of prefer it with just Morland. Because remember, all of these baby inheritors, they're human now. They have they have no powers like after they were cloned into babies. So it's kind of a little bit believable that uh, Spider-Man actually ate them. Yeah, it is. It's it's possible. It's grim as well. So, like, does this mean that like these shathrified individuals, like, they want to eat people, like, they have human hunger for human flesh? Is that a thing? It's because uh, the inheritors they can absorb anything. They just prefer to feed on the life force of spiders. Right. Gotcha. Because that's what they were groomed to do by Solus. Yeah. 
it like fed into his whole power complex needed to run loom world didn't it i like that confirmation that they use here that they specifically ate spiders to augment themselves in ways so that they could travel using loom world and all of that like that was sort of confirmed that like the inher- like there's this line where like shathra goes yeah shathra says that um uh the web wasn't meant for you uh why do you think your father had you eat the spiders it was just so that the web can recognize you as one of them. Yes. And I think that was really interesting. Like the inheritors are thieves, not inheritors, right? Like they didn't inherit anything. They stole yeah. it. Uh, I thought yeah. that, was re- like that line went kind of hard. And um, yeah. Oh, but when Morlin was visiting Loom World in that flashback, yeah, Loom World isn't looking so great. Like w- where's Pirate Queen Jess and her leadership? I, uh, it's the Great Hive is running things now. So all of that's out the window. And like Morlin didn't even bother to check up on his girlfriend, or would would she be a ex girlfriend? I would imagine the amount of time that Morlin's been away, uh, and he probably wouldn't be allowed to go back to Loomworld anyway because of all the spiders there. Like he's just been getting tossed to and fro on Earth six one six, hasn't he? And I think if I remember correctly, back in Spider Verse, uh, Pirate Queen Jess wasn't really too invested in the relationship. Yeah, I yeah I I I imagine that that just sort of ended um, after a certain point. Yeah, she's too busy while running what's left of Loom World. Yeah, I I don't think she's running it anymore though. I don't I don't now that the Great Hive is in place. I don't I don't think any of that is in place anymore. No. Um, yeah. I mean, what what came prior to it? But yeah, but with uh, Shatra, you know, determined to get her hands on Peter and to kill him. Uh, how she said that uh, Peter is one of the only spiders. Like, it's nice to see. Well, it's not nice for her to remember that, you know, Kane was one of the other spiders who defeated her. Yes, and, and they're not using Kane here, but they are aware that Kane is, is like, they had to put spiders, plural, because Kane had defeated her before. So, like, what what was their thinking there exactly? Like, I'm confused. I guess uh, maybe Nick Lowe didn't want to use uh, Kane in this event. Like He even said that we probably won't even be seeing him in 2023 either. I don't, I don't understand it. Like The decision to not use a character whose lore is, is being so indirectly referenced to this degree, it seems like more effort to not mention him at this point, you know? And uh, wouldn't she also, she would also hold a grudge against the other two because Kane tapped into the power of the other to defeat her. And right now the other is uh, Mayday's father. Yeah, they haven't used that. Like, I think they've, uh, they've forgotten about that even, um, it seems like, which is, which is, yeah, just, just strange decisions being made all around. Yeah, maybe he's the bigger gun. Like, Moreland's like the big gun, but maybe Peter 982 is the bigger gun. Yeah, I hope they pull him out of the pocket or something. But yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, yeah, no. I, I hope, I hope some of these characters, should, like, yeah, yeah. Like, where, where are all these people? These people should be here for Spider Verse. Or maybe Peter Nine Eight Two is the real chosen one because he has the power of the other. Well, maybe any spider who's the host of the other is the chosen one. Yeah, honestly, I could, I could buy that. That, that you know, that would work. Um, but yeah, uh, the other is is not present at the moment, so and we don't know. No, right now, like, he's MIA. So, yeah, it's a... I mean, obviously, there's a lot to play out here. Like, I'm presuming a lot. I'm presuming that my expectations won't be subverted in any ways that I'm not expecting them to be subverted. 
However, um, like from what we see so far, like I think the kind of scope of something that is supposed to be the final Spider-Verse story is it's it's you know it's very limited, surprisingly so the amount that they actually have present here for this this fight. Yeah, and um, uh, I think we should move on to uh, like this iteration of the Spider Army. It's a spider hangout. It's a small congregation of spiders. A very limited. It's a crew. Yeah, a crew of spiders. Really not very many. Well, we're only seeing like a, what was written here because, yeah, we've got a sun spider spinstress, a hunter spider web weaver, and Felicia. Yeah, I, I think they could have. They could have. Well, they can't exactly fit a T Rex into the church. I think they could have tried. I, th- I think they could have made an effort to put that T Rex in the church, you know? And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a shame we didn't get that. Wait, it's Keynes. Uh, didn't you think it was seemed a little bit silly when Spinstress was giving musical introductions to almost everyone? It was the most interesting part of that scene. That was that. That's that's the kind of fun stuff which you can have in Spider Verse that I think they should try and put in Spider Verse. Like it's the, it's the other stuff I have issues with it when it takes itself so seriously. Um, but yeah. And I learned very recently that editorial, they don't say Spider-Verse plainly. Whenever they say, utter the word Spider-Verse, they're always like, Spider-Verse! I... Okay, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, they don't say it normally. They always say it in song. That's cute. And when Peter uh, was talking about, like, all of these new spiders that he's never seen before, and when he mentions that he's worked with Sun Spider before... I don't remember that. Like, I know Miles worked with Sun Spider. Maybe it was just Spider-Geddon. Maybe because Sun Spider was present there that, like, Pete would just remember everybody. Because Sun Spider actually first appeared in Jed McKay's Spider-Verse at their last issue. So uh, maybe, like, was she, like, an an off-screen spider in Spider-Geddon? She must have been. Unless there's another really, like, minor appearance which we missed somewhere along the way. Yeah, because it, well, because she was a spider Sona, so she wasn't created until Jed McKay's mini. Was she Misty Franklin's spider Sona, or was she somebody else's? Um, oh no, a fan created her, and then T Franklin, uh, decided to use her for a story. Right, I see. Yeah, no, it's um, yeah, those characters are all interesting. I thought that like the usage of the new characters was was quite fun here. I I enjoyed that, although the uh. What's the name of the one who's who who's the fashion designer? Uh, Webweaver. Yeah, Webweaver. I thought like to ha- every single line that Webweaver makes is about clothes. They they did not give Webweaver anything else to talk about, which I thought was a shame. Well, in fairness, Cooper is a fashion designer working for Van Dyne. Yeah, he has like his one thing. Um... Now that I say it out loud, there's another spider with ties to Janet Van Dyne. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, we got Gwen and Cooper. Yeah. Now, except in Gwen's case, you know, Janet Van Dyne's more of her benefactor. She just gave her her clothes and web shooters, and then that's it. No more contact. Yeah, we haven't seen uh, Janet Van Dyne would be an, uh, a character I think they should do. If they do an Earth 65 comic, they should introduce Janet Van Dyne. I, I would, I'd be very interested to see that. What if she clones Gwen? I don't know. Yeah, that, that would work. I mean, but again, I don't think we should Gwen should be cloned. Like, I don't think that should be a thing. Like, I, I feel like the ways they've done it thus far have been fine, and they should do something similar. I don't think they should do another clone saga. Uh, it seems like a rite of passage. I don't know. 
it's not a right of path. It's it's just it's just a weird thing to do to bring Gwen back, and it doesn't really work if Gwen is the main character already, you know. But what I don't understand about these uh, villain Gwens, like since they are, um, like let's just assume that um, they really did come from her DNA, and Shadow Clones just makes it sound cool. Like, okay, wouldn't they understand her? Um, what do you mean? Wouldn't all of these clone villain Gwens understand Gwen sixty five? Maybe not enough to not be evil. Um, so it would just be like a, a Ben Riley Kane thing. Well, Gwen sixty five has nearly been a villain on like three different occasions, so I, I don't think it'd make it wouldn't be too much of a stretch to imagine that's why they're going to be evil in the future. Yeah, but yeah, this newspaper print world Earth six one six beta. I like I like the design here. I thought that was interesting. I'd, I'd I'd be interested to see how the colorists made it work because visually it's quite like. Because you've got the normal looking characters on this very like old uh, pulp print uh, comic book with like dots for the coloring and such. So it's um yeah like I I'd be really interested to see how that was designed and like like practically speaking. Yeah, and even in the first issue, uh, Madam Web and her crew they were drawn in the same pulp style, and then here like they just look normal. Yeah, I, I guess different notes to different artists. Like this must have been like this particular art team's choice, not necessarily that of others. But um, with uh, the army, like, uh, was it just me, or was there a little bit of flirting going on with uh, Pete and Felicia? Yes, I mean, I mean, there's always tension between those two, though. In fairness, yeah, but she was like, with great power comes no accountability. I thought that was funny. No, I, I did think that was really funny that we just sort of have like a like not good spider on the team. Like <laughs> like like a couple of these guys are like not good people, uh, but I'm enjoying that. Yeah, because yeah, with uh, Felicia, like her deal is after she was bitten, uh, she started to uh, go on greater heists and then decided to turn herself into her best friend Jean the Wolf because she was bored. Yeah, for real, this is uh, some good stuff. I'm vibing with it. Yeah, but uh, what did you think of uh, all of the other spiders? Because we got, you know, Craven here, who uh, it seems like uh, when Miles was puzzled by his appearance, she was like, oh, I'm so famous here. Yeah, um, yeah, it's uh, the Craven character being like, like everybody knows who I am, but he doesn't, he doesn't really have context for why they know who he is. In his story, he was bitten by this giant magical spider, and then he bit back. Yeah, I saw that. It's so funny. But yeah, wasn't it he kind of a brutal how um like remember Craven's trophy room with all of the heads of his enemies? Yeah, I I he's again, he's not good. He he's a bad dude. Um and I I think we'll see a couple of these characters having to be like restrained from doing bad things by the other team members uh because cause I I don't see them making the right calls once they're actually in the fray. We still, like I said before, um, we haven't heard from the other spiders that were introduced in Edge yet. Like, yeah, I brought up Spider Rex, you know, the T-Rex spider, because he probably wouldn't fit into the church. Uh, there's also, you know, Spider Laird you know, from Edge number one, where he's uh, the bagpipe playing spider. Yeah. Um, yeah, whose name is Donald McGargan. That's a very Celtic sound and name and then yeah from edge number three yeah we got sakura spider where um yeah there's this manga called deadpool samurai and uh one of the characters there is yeah this little girl named sakura spider who 
um, decides to be a spider hero after she witnessed her dad being killed in front of her by Hydra. Oof, that's rough. But yeah, it, but yeah, she's a really cute little girl. Oh. Yeah, and then there's Spider-Mobile, who, you know, who's participated before, but we don't see Spider-Mobile in the church. I, I get the sense that Spider-Mobile is so unserious that they wouldn't show up until later in the day. And then there's Silly Spider, who uh, has this sort of newspaper style story in Edge number five. And then when the Spider Army comes to uh, recruit him, uh, like this is a really f- uh, like a funny joke coming from him because, you know, because it's in a black and white style world. Uh, he was like to the army, what's all of that on you? And then they're like, uh, color. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, no, I I think some of the gimmickier ones could make an appearance down the line, but they they are just so like abstract to the world around them that when, when they appear in multiverse stuff, which is why I'm assuming maybe they're B team. Yeah, or like uh, you know, like that those end panels, like those end fights where they go, oh, reinforcements are here, and then like the portals open up, and and then you then you'll get like all these like really gimmicky characters, like they all show up then. You mean the bench warmers? Yeah. But yeah, it seems like because the army got to them on time, that these new spiders, yeah, they're the only ones who haven't been got by Shatra. Yeah. Well, Craven did come close to being got until, uh, well, he ate them. Yeah, he did. He did. Who else have we got here to talk about today? Uh, well, yeah, we went into great detail about Peter and Morlin. Yes, I, th- I, th- I think those will be the two most interesting characters with things to do. Yeah, but yeah, um, but earlier, like I said, next issue is the heist. So uh, Felicia is probably going to be somewhat at the forefront in that issue. And, you know, the cover shows her and Peter fighting off the rest of the spider wasps. Yes. And that's how you found out about like, oh, no, they got punk. Yeah, you know, I do remember that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess I guess we'll find out how the rest of this run turns out then. Yeah, by the time we get to the next issue, it says the end of Spider-Verse rages on. Spider-Man and Night Spider have to make an impossible heist against impossible odds. If you thought the first issue was shocking, think again cuz this issue is going to shake you to your core. If they do another shock value death, I, w- I will be very upset. I don't I don't think that's a good way to go. It's a bad move. But if it's someone expendable, like, would you mind as much? I mean, not as much if it's, like, a shock-introduced character, like, obviously, but still, you know. No, what would be shocking to me is that they finally bring in uh, Peter 982, the other. That would be cool, though, like, yeah, that would be a good shock. Because since they're saying impossible odds, then they should bring in, like, the biggest gun that they got, the deity who killed Shatter before. Yeah, for real. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Although it kind of seems like that everyone's thinking that maybe by the end of this arc, Morlin makes a sacrifice. Oh, that would be interesting. I don't think he would. He makes somebody else have to do a sacrifice or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll find out then. Uh, we got a comment, actually. This. Yeah, it's from at uh, earth underscore 1610 underscore 616 over on Twitter. And they say... I'm very confused, LMAO. That's a Miles Morales stan account, that. So, obviously, uh, they would be in a rough rough spot right now. 
Yeah, because uh, it's still kind of ambiguous whether or not if uh, Miles gave in to Shatra or just because uh, she's spying on them through Miles. Or, or yeah, no, maybe Miles is Shatra's inside man, inside, and like he manages to not let on that he's turned or something like that. So that means we did get an inside person after all, just not the one uh, that we were rooting for. Yes. Um, but yeah, I feel like we've we've given a lot of opinions here. We don't really have much left to summarize at this point. Yeah, because because uh, next issue, if they're promising that next issue is a shocking one, then I guess we'll have more to talk about on issue number three, which is releasing December 7th. Yeah. So yeah, we will make another episode for that. We're going to keep following this series, at least uh, as far as it's concerned, Spider-Verse and Gwen, uh, because that's sort of the corner of uh, comics that we want to cover here on this podcast. And we are definitely covering Shadow Clones when it comes out. For real. I'm I'm looking forward to that. We had a good time with Gwenverse, and if it's a sequel to it, we're quite happy. If it does more with their 65 i'll be even happier so uh yeah until then uh we will put links in the description for where to buy and read this comic the next comic uh as well as reading list um just uh remember to uh follow this comic with us if you're listening to the podcast about comicsology and get it from your local comic book store um as well as follow at gs groupies on twitter if twitter is still up by the time that you hear this uh, and email ghost spider groupies at gmail.com if all else fails because uh because that'll stay up that'll stay up if, if yeah. gmail goes down that'll be but um but yeah but yeah our twitter is gonna be up until it goes down in flames yes that it is that it is so um yeah all right uh until oh we also have a coffee page if you want to donate to uh, support our podcast and the uh costs for podbean so um yeah uh support us on that yes please all righty um thank you everybody i've been pax and i've been abigail Bye. Bye.